and welcome back to the Sports Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Simonis, and this is episode 35. We're going to be talking about rugby today. The World Cup's going on. It's been a great event so far. I've been watching a few games here and there, and let me say it's been a great event. And rugby is definitely going to be gaining popularity here in the United States in a matter of time. But we're not talking about the United States right now. We're going to be talking about from two fellows from Wales. I have here Dom Welsh and Rhys. Guys, how are you guys doing today? Yeah, good, thanks. Not too bad. How about yourself, Jim? I'm excited for this discussion, let me tell you, to say the least. It's been a good uh, few games of rugby so far to start in the World Cup. But I want to talk about your guys' experiences in rugby. So I'll start with you, Dom. You know, how did you get into rugby and why do you love the sport so much? Um, so I got into rugby because it's, uh, it was, it's, been, it's, it's been a family support uh, sport. Sorry. Uh, my brother played, I played, my dad, my grandfather, and it just goes back uh, like that, really. Um, I also played because um, I'm a short, square fella, so it was the one sport I think rugby's really good for is um, being inclusive to all shapes and sizes. So there's a position for whoever. So yeah, that's that's how I got into it really, and it gave me give me a, a calling to get fit at the time. Obviously not now, and uh, just enjoy enjoy the sport and scored a few tries even, and um, yeah, have a great laugh along the way. You know, having the rugby banter and all that kind of stuff. You become a part of something, and I think it's really, really brilliant for young people around Wales. Reese, I'll ask you the same thing. Yeah, it was kind of, in my household, it was, you like rugby. There's not a choice to it. It's something you had to do. My dad played it from a young age, and where I grew up, like the only thing we had going for us was rugby. Really small, typical Welsh village. Started playing when I was, yeah, about 13, 14. And uh, again, I'm a bit like Dom. I'm a heavy set fellow. So it's one of those sports where you can just jump into it, you know, get fit. And it's, yeah, it's a good it's a good culture, you know. You finish the game, you go back to the club, have chips and gravy, have a couple of drinks as well. And it's just a really good, you know, coming together and a really good community game. That's awesome. Because for like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like the NFL in America, like the American football, <laughs> you know, with people yeah. with the pads and all that. Yeah, yeah. That's like the main contact sport in America and people have been enjoying that more. And rugby's like starting to gain a little bit of traction and I really didn't realize rugby, like the sport itself, because I had like this persona of I, I thought rugby was just about guys like murdering each other, because that's what you saw on TV. You really didn't see the whole sport and everything that's involved with it. Then I tried it last year, and it was just such a fun sport. I think the environment's so much different. It's not just guys like beating up each other. It's like a community almost that you guys are talking about. Yeah. There's, there's a thing so- in it. It's a gentleman's sport. Yeah, by, played by hooligans. Oh, no, it's a hooligan sport played by gentlemen. That's what they say. About that's that, that's so it. On. But but what I would say also is that it's. I don't think people realise because it's such uh, a contact sport and it's got a bit of a bad rep with it being you know super physical. Uh, I don't think people realise the complexities of the sport. I mean, you know, if you you know compare it to football, there's about three positions in the football field. You're a striker, mid uh, midfielder. Or a defender. Sorry, I'm talking about uh, soccer. Um, whereas in rugby, you know, there's each position has got his own role, and they're totally different from each other, and they're all unique and important for the game. You know, for your team to win. Yeah, it's a very diverse sport, isn't it? You, you got like the you got the, the big chubby guys, you got the tall big lanky guys in the second row, yeah. the, the tiny scrum halves, and then you know you got the fit guys out on the wing. So yeah, it's a sport yeah. that like anyone can join in really. Yeah, that's yeah, and there's 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 many different ways uh, to play the position, and there's like double positions. So you've got a tight dead prop, 
which is a more heavy set prop, and then you've got a loose prop who's a prop who thinks he's a centre or a winger, <laughs> uh, which I'm sure is me and Reese. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there's it's, it's lots of different ways you can play the game, um, which obviously allows lots of personality in the game, and that's what I think makes the sport of rugby unique. That's what I also noticed too, that when I played for my high school, the way you can play and the type of people that can play, it's literally open for anyone. Your position, or your body height, your body size really doesn't determine what you can play. Or it does, but at the same time, it doesn't restrict you. Like for the NFL, if you're not over six feet, can run super fast, jump super high. If you're not an athletic freak, you're really not going to be able to get into the NFL because you have to be so athletic. In rugby, I feel like yeah. you, if you have a, a certain strength and you can utilize it correctly, that can take you very far into the, the sport. And I think that's what's so unique well, about it. I, I mean, recently, I think we're, we're starting to see now in this World Cup a bit more of that. You know, a, a lot of people with different sizes. I mean, you look at the, the Russian team, that's a prime example of... Uh, of, of short guys and tall guys um, and big and slim. But um, I think um, just prior to that, in the last World Cup, uh, every player was looking the same, um, but now they've reverted back to type and gone down the original route, which I'm really excited to see. Yeah, because you get yeah, to I see the diversity of the sport itself. I think one of yeah. the best the kind of best teams to look at for that are the um, Pacific Island teams. I think it was um, it was Tonga the other day who had that absolutely massive prop in the front row, <laughs> and he's like, yeah. look at him, and he's like, yeah, he's a pro- he's a real prop because he was just a lump of a boy, you know. But then they've got like little tiny scrum halves, and it, yeah, it is great to see just so many I, different people. I, I'm not sure. Game. I'm not sure that this is right, but I think that guy was 23 stone or something. Yeah, he was. He was. Oh, I remember looking. Imagine. I remember looking at him and just being like, "Whoa, he's a big boy." <laughs> <laughs> I think his uh, his nickname was the wardrobe or something like that. Yeah, I was it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I so, think it's interesting that you, you mentioned NFL because obviously you've got loads of rugby guys over the years made the jump to NFL. Like at the moment, Christian Wade from the London Wasps, he made the jump to the Buffalo Bills. Oh, yes, yeah, and, and that's right. I think it is a lot of like similar skill sets in a way. I know he scored. I think he scored his first touchdown and his first rush to me in the preseason. He had some big plays. I mean, I heard of him. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. He's got some speed. I mean, he yeah, you know, he, he, he fit the guy. part. So that's why I just thought it was so unique. And I know there was another a few other guys. I know a few uh, a few years ago, he uh, one guy got drafted to the 49ers. I don't remember what country he was from. Uh, Jared, Jared Hayne, right? He was an um, NRL player. He played in the... Uh, the uh, yeah, that's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he was a... Fiji Sevens player originally. Yeah, exa- yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just it's really cool to see that these guys, you know, have the athleticism and that can play in the NFL. Granted, it's just a different, yeah. it's just a different ah. sport and rules, which is the adjustment period for them. Yeah, but particularly yeah. those uh, Pacific Island boys are just supernatural athletes. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, they can... the, the Southern Hemisphere rugby is so just. I think it's a different level to Northern Hemisphere, particularly obviously when you speak about New Zealand. Like, yeah. they start training them pretty brutally from, like, a young age over there. Because I remember I heard a story before where they take them out at very young ages on, like, hikes and, uh, like, mountain biking up on massive mountains. And when they, like, fall over and get hurt, they don't rush over to help them. They tell them you've got to get up in your own time. So it, like, toughens them up from this young age. Yeah. They yeah. really like go all out. Camp, kind of. Yeah, yeah. They, they start them from a young age over there. And that's probably why they are at the level they are at the moment, you know? 
yeah, especially it's that mentality that really makes you like think like and plus when they do the haka and it's like just the the chills you get by watching it i mean you can i can yeah. only imagine what you feel like doing it or staring at that like you know looking uh, across and my i, I mean, got a I got a bit of a controversial opinion on this, where I thought the best hack I've seen recently, and I know it's not technically called the hacker, but was Samoa's. Watching that oh, hacker yeah. yesterday, that for me, that one was my was the best one so far, the most passionate one I've seen. I love I love all the all the squeals and all that. Ah, they do is yeah. amazing, and it does put the willies up you, and and I'm I, I reckon they're all lying when they say, oh yeah, the hacker's boring, or oh yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. It affects you. It does. Yeah, when I first yeah, saw it as a kid, I just got these chills up my spine, and I'm just sitting there like, like, oh my gosh. You need, yeah, and it's my just, dream cool. is to see the Haka live one day at a rugby stadium. That is oh, that'd be, one of my dreams. Yeah, and it's just cool to see that it's their passion. They're not trying to be about me. It's just, it's about the team and going to war for them, basically. It's just, it's awesome. Yeah. So I was actually going to ask you guys, wh- what is rugby to Wales? I mean, like, you know how, like, like England and the Europe has like soccer. Like, where does Wales see rugby? Oh, I think um, it's the national. Well, I think it's the national sport in it. I mean, it's one of the one of the few things we're good at. I think sporting wise, like like soccer, yeah, it's creeped up over the last year. But there's something about you know rugby in Wales. Like, I live in I live in Cardiff now. And I live. I can. I'm sat in my living room right now, and I can see Principality Stadium from my window. So I get to see that <laughs> every day. That's and awesome. And being here on match day is like it's another level. It's just like. People get so passionate about it, and like people, it just brings people together. Like I've sat in pubs before on a match day and just spoken to people I've never spoken to before. Probably never would speak to on a regular day, but there's something about match day where just the sense of pride, really, and everyone wants to come together, a big team. Especially when we play England. When we play England, like everyone in <laughs> Wales, whether you're a rugby fan or not, is on the same page and just wants yeah. to beat them. I I think it's in the mentality of the Welsh, and it is always been, you know, going back to ancient times. Wales has always been a tribalistic place, and you've got you've got different valleys in in Wales, and they're all different from each other. And uh, you can go from one valley to the other, and it would be totally different people. And these sides, they get behind their club, and they will go. Everyone will go to the stadiums and uh, support their team. It's a bit like um, how competitive college NFL football is in America. It's is super competitive and. Uh, you know, it's bragging rights and, and uh, you know, a big Betty after the game and songs and stuff. Obviously, as Welsh love to sing. You know, it gives us an excuse to have a sing-song and have a few beds. I, know, I remember I took my girlfriend to the rugby one time when she was just first getting into it. And when you go to see the rugby, they have the choirs out beforehand. And my girlfriend just went, oh, can I just sit here and listen to the choirs all day? I think that's a big <laughs> yeah. part of Welsh rugby. It's just like, yeah, we do love a song. I don't know what it yeah. is, but any chance we get, we'll belt out a bit of Calon Lan or Bread of Heaven. Yeah, but it's the humour, and we've had some great musicians like Max Boyce and, and, and you know, Pete, uh, Bryn Turville and stuff like that, and great singers worldwide that go touring. Um, I think Wales are known, if people have heard of Wales, I think the first thing they think of is rugby. So I know you got, uh, the Wales, they won the Six Nations tournament this past winter slash spring. So, what was the reaction like when they won? <laughs> oh, I I was out. I um, I used to work as a promoter in Cardiff, so I was out working outside a lot. And I remember I was working the night of the the last game when we won, and it was just it was like a party. You'd swear, like I don't know, like people were treating it like we had just. It was like we won the World Cup because it yeah. was just one of those moments where it means so much because we had such an up and down kind of thing in 
the Six Nations. And, you know, Wales are one of these teams that were either kind of on top or were just down, you know, yeah. the mm-hmm. absolute drizzles, you know. But um, this this tournament, I don't know what it was, they just switched something on and everyone was behind them, especially in that England game. You know, it was... I I had my Apple Watch on. I had so many notifications telling me my heart rate was too high. <laughs> like, I was like, I know. Trust me, I know it's high. I was like, my, I was going, I was shaking. And it's just, the atmosphere was amazing. You know, everyone just singing, everyone, you know, just drunk. So drunk because I've been out, been out all day. And it was, just, it was just a great atmosphere. Yeah. And everyone's just on top of the world, really. Yeah. But how Wales play up and down is very similar to how the fans view Wales. And... We need to be the best fans in the world and full on passionately support and every every rugby player. But when things go wrong, I think we're the worst fans in the world also. <laughs> we're always yeah. first to boot out the coach or, or what have you. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's us or the uh, or the French. They're uh, they're very <laughs> quick to turn on their team as well. But I think it's just the nature of the sport, you know, obviously you want to see your team win all the time. Yeah. And you know, they, they can't always do it, but obviously this year we had one of the best winning runs we've ever had. And it just feels like for a good year for Welsh rugby, I keep saying if we don't make it to the final of the World Cup this year, we're probably not going to do it for a very long time. So yeah, that's uh, I mean well, that's... I mean we're going in. Sorry, we're going into this World Cup now. Um, I think someone compared it to the winning English side that won the World Cup with so much experience. And I know a lot of people say, well, Wales haven't got you know much of a population to have strength in depth. But uh, we definitely got it this time around, I feel. I feel like everyone's yeah. saying like the the All Blacks are. I mean, obviously they're going to be favorites every year. I mean, there's really yeah. there's really not a weakness for them. I mean, I mean, if I'm wrong, just correct me. But again, it's just when you expect like to see like when you think of the All Blacks, you just think of the sheer dominance that they've provided for these last you know decades. Yeah, I think there's there is definitely a way to beat the All Blacks. Um, but the only way to do that is to beat them at their own game. So um, they're 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 a very physical side and in your face and super quick. Obviously, one of the fittest sides uh, in the competition. But so is Wales. And um, when we've played together previously, um, quite recently, um, I think the Welsh boys' games game plan have just been to beat them at their own game, in their face, for the full 80 minutes, straight down uh, the middle. Because, I mean, if you go wide and side to side with New Zealand, they're going to isolate you. Um, they're almost offside every time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they will they will turn the ball over and capitalise uh, in those quick turnover times. I mean, I, I haven't looked at the stats, but nearly every time they get a turnover, they score. So it's important yeah. to keep the ball tight and and stick it to the Kiwis where they don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, they are they are one of those teams that just you know if you give them just an inch they'll they will take a mile you know and it's weird because it's like it always seems to be on the 60th minute they can have a really slow first half where teams will just pile up on them and you think all oh, right maybe they're gonna do it now and 60th yeah. minute the All Black switch goes like they say and then they, they just, just turn it up. yeah they just they'll flip just it score tries for fun when it they yeah. All right, I was actually just going to move on to the uh, the next question. So, Wales, they won their first game against Georgia, 43-14. to What did you take away from their dominant performance against Georgia? Um, well, the one thing I take away is that um, when they are, uh, you know, linking up and doing offloads and that kind of thing, the difference, I think, what Wales has got at the moment, and I've, I haven't seen as well in other teams, apart from Japan, uh, even though they was nervous, um, was how their teamwork and offloading didn't look really laboured. I mean, everyone knew where they were, who was on each other's shoulders. Um, so obviously, I think we did drop off 
in the second half. But Wales, you know, uh, the mentality of the game is very important for Welsh players, I think. And when he's on, we perform. And I think when, if Wales are in the lead, it's easy for us to step off the gas, knowing that, we, you know, it's Georgia and we can shut down the game if we need to. Um, but I don't think that would happen uh, against one of the big boys, but just purely because of the mentality. The Welsh boys will play for the full eight minutes, um, but they didn't do that against Georgia. So I, I haven't got anything to worry about for Wales. I, I'm quite optimistic in their future games. Yeah, I think I, I agree with Dom with the whole thing of they do take their foot off the second gas, because uh, they set their gas at the second half, sorry. And it's just, it's one of those things where it ha- it's happened quite a lot, where we go in the first half and we just, you know, we'll actually smash it. And I guess the second half, and for some reason, we just start slowing down. And yeah, against a team like Georgia, you know, you no offence to them, but you can't afford to do that. Then against, like, we've got Australia next, you know, they're a team that you've got to play 80 minutes of just solid rugby. And even against the next two teams you're coming up, Fiji, you know, they're no slouches. And then Uruguay proved today yeah. that they can they can definitely pull off a surprise. Because I, I didn't watch the game myself, but I watched the highlights and I was so surprised that the try by the number nine from Uruguay was brilliant. I think it is just like, it is keeping that intensity up, it's making sure that, you know, we keep those tackles going and we just, you know, we shut them down at the breakdowns. I think Georgia, they did well to score those, those two tries, you know, but for those, I feel like if you want to be a top team, you've got to kind of shut down those those smaller teams. Right, you can't, you've got to yeah, you can't allow those mistakes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah you make sure that you keep your foot on the pedal, staying aggressive, staying consistent, instead of just kind of yeah. letting those last few minutes fly by and just kind of let them do whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. Reese, you talked about Australia and Wales playing. I actually wanted to talk about that. What are your keys for both teams in this game? Well, Australia, I feel like there's a lot to kind of focus on. I suppose the one saving grace we have at the moment is that they've lost the uh, the player on the wing. His name slipped my mind now. He's been banned for the last couple of games. Because uh, they're talking against Fiji, but I feel like it's just it's going to be around the breakdown, I think. Oh, Hodge, because... we, uh, Hodge, Reese Hodge or something like that. That's yeah. the one, yeah. But I think Hodge with Australia, <laughs> it is just the breakdown because they've got some of the best scrummaging players. You know, they've got um, some players that will just steal a ball if you without without you knowing about it. And but so I mean, so have we. I mean, I think this year's back row, Wales's back row, is so strong. You know, yeah. in. Navidi Moriarty and then Wayne Wright Tipperick and James Davis oh, yeah. as well. You know they're they're players that can really get in the breakdown, make a mess of it. And like Tipperick for me, yeah, he, he had a brilliant game in the first game. I think they're the players that we kind of look to. And then it's going to be we're going to have, have depth in the back as well because Australia one of those teams that are really good, really good uh, defence. And it's going to be we're going to have to find the weaknesses early on, I think, and then try and just attack them as much as we can, come out the gates, you know, full plays. So just continuing their dom- dominance like they did with Georgia, but just don't let their foot off the pedal because Australia can easy, yeah. easily come back. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, the last game we played against them in the Autumn Internationals last year, we beat them, but it was it was a very close game. And I think, obviously, the World Cup is another step up again. So it's going to be it's going to be a tough game. But I think if we get out there, and if we play like we've been playing recently, if we played... We go back to playing like we were playing in the Six Nations, you know, against guys like England, the guys against like Ireland. Then I think we we can do it. There's no reason we can't do it. But it is finding that intensity and just going for it the entire game. And uh, being clever as well with with uh, the high ball. I mean, we don't want to be kicking too much high ball to, to their boys, and we've got to be very very on top of it when we get high ball our end because some of the Aussie boys are the best in the air, and that's down to. Do- being AFL, which is obviously the Aussie Football League, they're always in the air, basically, you know, kicking and very used to playing that loose kind of uh, high ball kind of game. So 
we need to keep an eye out for that. Besides the Walsh, have have you watched any other teams or have kept your eyes on? Oh yeah, I've watched a couple. I like to watch as much as I can because you know I just really I really love rugby. So try try and watch as much as I can. But obviously, these early kickoffs are a bit of a struggle. And um, I mean, I think you've got to mention, and which I hate to mention, you've got to mention England. You know, they're <laughs> definitely favourites this this tournament. They just they just play. They're so intense recently. I don't worry. Yeah. They don't like. I think they 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 beat Tonga thirty five three, and you know, lots of people were saying, "Oh, that's a disappointing scoreline," you know. But you know, to be a team thirty five three and still people say it's not good enough, I think shows that they are one of the best teams around at the moment. And then Ireland. I've always got a soft spot for Ireland, and they really they dominated Scotland the other day. I was really surprised by that score. I do like Argentina. I'm a fan of Argentina as well. They had that tough loss to France, their first oh, game. Yeah, that was, I think that was one of the best games so far because it was just non-stop all the way through and it was a proper game of rugby, I think. And then, yeah, love a bit of drama at the end. Mm-hmm. And it was neck and neck all the way through. A lot of these games, I feel like, have been blowouts I mean, to the scores. So it's like having the, those close games in the pool play, I definitely think helps set the bar higher. Yeah, I mean, I was gutted for Russia uh, yesterday. I think... I think Samoa were very lucky not to have two red cards. I think those two tackles, for me, should have been red cards. And I think it would be a different game if they went down, if Samoa went down two players. But, you know, I, I feel like there's some very exciting rugby being played this tournament. It's just, I think this is one of the, I think rugby, because it's become more popular recently, I think everyone is stepping up their game. So there's a lot of exciting teams to look out for. I'm excited for, like, I'm excited for the USA because... I think they've got some great players. They've got um, Carl and Isles, is that his name? I, I believe so. Sevens. He's rugby sevens as well. And he's just, he, he's something else. He's so fast. I look forward to seeing what they can do. Obviously, their first game's tough. It's England. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, definitely. Uh, I was surprised about how uh, Japan's backs play. Their wings are playing great, especially against Russia. I watched. I was able to catch that game, and those their backs are playing fantastic, and their forwards were good too. They were undersized, but they were playing great. Yeah, I, I thought Japan... Um, they were very nervous. Uh, obviously, you know, it was their their home nation uh, side, and uh, they were very nervous against Russia. And Russia were putting them up, putting it on them very quickly. And I think Russia plays high intensity, attrition kind of rugby. And uh, Japan reacted very well. And they're always going to play that loose game. And I, I really respect them for that. And it come together in the end. And they're looking very dangerous, particularly their wings. But their man, tell you what, he had an outstanding game. I think they call him the general. I have to find his. I got. I got a message with his. Uh, is it uh, a Japanese fan the other day? Is it uh, Tamura? Yeah, Tamura. Oh Tamura. my days! Fantastic player, and I think he's definitely one to watch for Japan. Absolute talisman. I think Japan has benefited because, like, Japan one of those countries that kind of the rugby has grown there very recently. I think, and I think they benefited from the fact that a lot of the New Zealand players would go and play out there when yeah. the rugby season finished in New Zealand because obviously they have uh, Super 14 out in New Zealand and when that would finish because the New Zealand players are nutters and don't like to have time off they would just go, <laughs> to, they just go out to Japan and play over there so they, all these Japanese players have been playing with these New Zealand players and suddenly they've picked up this kind of New Zealand-esque type of play yeah. and obviously you know they've got the you know everyone when we speak of Japan everyone talks about that win over South Africa no one is ever going to forget about that. So oh, I think no, they are no. one of those teams that when they get rolling, they can play some good rugby. And they've got Ireland next, you know, on Saturday. So that is going to be that's going to be a really good match. I it, think. I think especially. Oh, is Japan's uh, like manager or head coach? Is it uh, he from Wales or New Zealand? He's one. Of, he's isn't he from one of those two places? Uh, Joe Joseph. I don't think he's a Welsh boy. Um, 
Um, let me just quickly give that a quick Google. I think it's the Japan coach, though. Because I don't think he, he's not. I know he's not from Japan, but I know he's from a country that does play good rugby. I just can't think of it off the top of my head. I think he might be a Kiwi, you know. Joe Joseph. Uh, uh, Jamie Joseph. Yeah, he's a New Zealander. Yeah, New Zealander. I was going to say, that probably definitely. I mean, that definitely helps when you have a guy that has that knows New Zealand rugby, then he's been able to transfer that to Japan's rugby team, which has been growing over these last few years, like you've said. Yeah. Yeah. So do you... it's interesting you mentioned the Reese uh, Ireland and Japan the next game. I think Ireland's got to be very careful. I mean, uh, Sexton, if you noticed in, uh, I don't know if you watched the last game, uh, Irish game against Scotland, but uh, he was refusing to kick a goal um, within the game there. Um, so I don't know whether he's picked up an injury, which is not allowing him to kick. And obviously that's very important. I think Ireland have kind of built their team around Sexton at the moment. And that could be a real, real important factor against Japan. It definitely, especially if Japan's wings get going too. That, I mean, that's going to be tough to stop for sure. Oh, yeah. Who is your favorite to win it all? Well, I, 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 I said from the start, um, <laughs> I, I don't know whether this is just my uh, biased and, and uh, crazy mind, but uh, Japan and Wales are going to be in the final. <laughs> I... Um... Yeah, I think Wales could do it this year. I like, I'd like, to, I personally see a Wales Island, but I have a, I, I did have a theory at the start that England were going to get victory for this and crash out in the pool stages. Hmm. But uh, I'm not too sure anymore. The team effort game. Because you know yeah, what, I, what was funny was I like, think, oh sorry, go ahead. I, I think this is Wales' biggest shot to win it. Like the players we've got now, this is our biggest chance to like really put up a case of winning the World Cup. So I'm going to put... I'm going to I'm put my faith in, in the boys and I'm going to say Wales and I think they're going to make it against Ireland or New Zealand, I think. Be one of those two. All right, I, I did a blog and I was talking about how... I was I did my three favorites or like my underdogs to like take it or kind of like, you know, do well in the World Cup. I did uh, Japan, Wales, and Argentina. Because I was looking at... Argentina yeah. had a tough uh, schedule before uh, going into the World Cup. They played like the four toughest teams. I think they played Ireland... South Africa, and they I mean they just they got their butts handed to them, and they just struggled. Yeah. I thought like it would it would have been a good warm up for them going to the World Cup, and then they see the pool that they're in. They're like, you know, what? we can do this. We can move. We can definitely take what we learned from those four games, move forward. And I thought like with Wales winning the Six Nations, I thought there was a huge momentum. I thought there was a huge momentum boost going into this tournament, the World Cup, and just. But sometimes that's not always you know a beneficial thing. And, uh, I, you know, with, with pressure and all that kind of stuff. I mean, but with Argentina, and uh, they've opted for those tough games. Is You know, when they organise the warm-ups, it's negotiated between different sides and, and, and they organise it. But I think that kind of, those tough games will tell later on in the tournament. Because um, that kind of conditioning means that Argentina should peak a bit later on. And um, I'm really interested to see Argentina versus England. Argentina, I think, could be um, of the thorn in the English side. Um, I think that because the Argentina pack, front five, are just super, super dominant. And England, who were they versing last? Uh, Tonga. England and Tonga, um, when they were playing, Tonga were having the better of England around the rock area. And Tonga didn't exploit that in attack, but Argentina will. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think Argentina, one of these teams that they've benefited massively 
being put into the rugby championship. You know, they used to be the Tri Nations because before that, you know, they were kind of these teams that they'd they come in, you know, you'd be excited for them, but they never quite delivered. But then since being put into this tournament with you know, New Zealand, South Africa, and Australia, some of the best teams in the world, they've just they've just changed. You know, they've just picked up their game so much. You know, they've got and they've got some great players as well. You know, you can't like you know Nicolas Sanchez. I think for me is always one of the like consistent players to fly off. He's a brilliant fly. And they've got, uh, they've got the best shirt in the tournament as well. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I th- I I like I like George's. I like George's little burgundy kit. It's, it was nice. I like. Yeah, the... but you could wear an Argentine out on the out on the latch, can you? Nice pair of jeans, <laughs> pair of Adidas. <laughs> Also, I liked Scotland's uniforms too. Those were not bad either. They were. I liked the uh, navy blue. Yeah, oh, they, they, they got a bit of tartan, haven't they? They do. Yeah, they got a bit of tartan under the uh, under the arms, don't they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, 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 I thought. Like, was... I, I'm a big fan of Wales as a week as well. I like the green. Ooh, you know? yeah, we're going back to the green, back to classic. Yeah. I, I, I've I've been wanting that to happen for a long time. All right, so this is gonna be my last question for you two. Um, how does rugby move on from the World Cup? Like, what do they need to do for the sport to continue its growth and popularity across the world? I think well, a lot of it. Uh, I think a lot ahead. of it comes from um, rugby sevens. I think rugby sevens has had a massive impact on rugby at the moment, especially in the USA and Canada, because I know they have a lot of sevens tournaments out there, and I think it's a good way of getting people into it. It's a very obviously it's a very different type, but yeah. I think it's just I think it is just exposing people to it more. You know, showing people that it's not just this sport where bar to each other for 80 minutes. It's a sport where, you know, anyone can play it, where there is, you know, technicality to it. And, you know, it is just kind of putting it on that platform and just letting it grow because last year it grew 9.6 million people played it last year, wow. which is, I think it was like a 23% growth or something like that. And, you know, and especially women's rugby, there's more people playing, well, I think it was out of that 9.6 million, it was 2.7 million were women. And I think it is, it is just putting it on bigger stages, like just putting it in places like Japan. Because I didn't realise until the start of this tournament actually how rugby mad they were out there, you know? So I think it is kind of taking it to these countries that don't necessarily have, like, a lot of the bulk. Like, obviously, when you think of Africa, you think of South Africa. But then, like, they've got teams in, they've got Namibia. And I think it is just putting it in places just so more people can play it. It's making it accessible for everyone. Yeah, and I'd say on sevens as well, it kind of... um... It brings in a crowd that you wouldn't normally expect at rugby uh, union or league, purely because how the day is structured. I mean, you, you get and how the how the game how short the games are. I mean, you you sometimes you get about five to seven games in one day, and you can have a whole stage of a tournament happen in one day in the summer, and uh, it's a lovely summer's day. And obviously, you know, rugby union's a winter sport, uh, so you know everyone's wrapped up warm and that kind of stuff. But the sevens is a is in the summer and uh, everyone seems to enjoy themselves on that kind of day. I think maybe it is maybe bringing new tournaments into because I know there's been a lot of talk uh, over the last couple of years about the Six Nations about bringing in kind of like um, like having the main Six Nations and having like, the teams underneath. So teams like Georgia, I think Romania were mentioned at one point as well, and in Belgium, yeah, having them play to then qualify for the Six Nations and having like the lowest team in the Six Nations down and having that kind of a qualification thing to it. Just because I think what? if you put teams like you know Georgia, Romania, Belgium in a tournament where they're playing against teams like Wales, England, oh, yeah. Ireland, then they will step up the game because they're, they, they're playing against people who play it more often than them. They're playing at people who play at a higher level than them. 
Yeah. And it is just, it will bring a big step up in the game. I mean, we'll see now with, with, with Scotland, um, but obviously we've got Scotland and Italy, uh, you know, they're, they're in the Six Nations every time. But if, like, you know, we, we, we got something in Six Nations, it's called the wooden spoon. So every the team that comes last gets awarded the wooden spoon. Um, I think that a team should be relegated to a lower league, and but only if you know they, that lower league is televised and supported also. Because oh, um, yeah. we don't. I mean, it goes on uh, the you know these European matches, and I, I don't even see them. Don't even hear about them. Okay, so like with the United <laughs> States, I just feel like there's like no publicity. Like the World Cup, I mean, no one was talking about it. I mean, it's not even really televised. You have to pay to watch it. And I'm just sitting there like... Never. No, I'm just sitting there like, you know, I feel like people, if they got the chance to see it, like they got to see the whole game and not just highlights, I think they would see good quality entertainment in a sport that it's not just... It's it's different. It's much different than football, I think, that people realize. Like the concept is in a way similar, but it's played really differently. Yeah. And that's why I feel like people yeah. would see something, the different side of rug or a different side of a sport. I think it's, it's a lot to, more fluid. Yeah, yeah actually. I think it's F- strange that it's not as big in USA. Because aren't the USA ranked like sixth or something like that? In the they world? were ranked 13th uh, on the Rugby World Cup. So that's why I was surprised as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing well, is. Well, it just goes to show that with a bit of uh, support, um, do you know what I mean? There's no reason it can't be, you know, near that top five at all. And yeah. I think, you know, we'll see that now, what the work they've they've put in since the last World Cup. But I can tell you, I was very impressed with the last, with the, the USA's performance in the last World Cup, um, particularly from players transferred from the NFL over, um, you know, uh, what what they called, your, your linebacks or, or what have you. Oh, yeah, linebackers. You know, your wingers and, mm-hmm. you know, super quick and, and, and almost transferred in that catching ability from, you know, high ball kicks and stuff. And, and that paid off big time. I remember this was in seven, I think. Uh, a USA player, he was, was a USA player, I was a Canadian player, scored my favorite tries of all time in sevens. It was straight off the kickoff, and it was against Wales as well, funny enough. Straight <laughs> off the kickoff, towards the wing. He recovered the ball just one handed from the kickoff. Yeah. You know, like you see in the NFL, just took it out of the air, no problem, just took it to the line for, for the try. I think, you know, there are good players. You know, like you've got this this Carlin Isles who is whenever the sevens come, all they talk about is Carlin Isles because he's got the pace. And I think he does play on the wing for the the fifteen side as well, and it is giving these players more of a chance to play. I think it is like I think even if you just bring them over to play club rugby in whether it's in France where I know a lot of players from the kind of smaller national sites go, or if it is in like Pro fourteen or the Premiership or whatever, I think it is just giving them opportunities to grow and to learn and then obviously making it more of a big deal in America. I, th- I think in America you've got sports over there. If you've got, you know, you've got rugby, soccer, NFL, then you've got baseball, basketball. And I feel like it can get lost amongst all those things. I feel like just it doesn't quite have the same level of I don't know, pride. So I think we have massive pride in rugby, whereas I think in the USA it's a bit more NFL based, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it's more about because rugby didn't originate from America, so it's like that national pride. Like, the NFL is like our baby in a way because we yeah. created it. It yeah. was born in America, and it's like rugby. It's like, ooh, I don't know if we want a sport that's not technically ours. I think that's why soccer's not popular either because it's like everyone else loves it, but we got the NFL. 
we have our yeah. own sports that we love and care for so much. I, I, I watch the NFL. I love the NFL. Big, uh, I'm a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Um, but I, I think it's so weird that like they are, they are kind of similar. There are a lot of like you, I see a lot of players who can play who play for NFL sides, and I think they can so easily fit in to you know a rugby side. Like you're running back for a lot of them. You put them in the you put them in the center. Some of them are like big guys. I think it was Marshawn Lynch. Oh yeah, yeah. I used, look, I, used to look, I used to look at him and I was like, "You put him in inside center and he'd do some damage." You know? so, so I think it was one. I think there was one time when they brought because I know the NFL play a game in I think it's Wembley. Oh no, maybe maybe it's Twickenham. They play in one of the the English. Yes, yes. Ah, uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Uh, Tottenham. I, I think, think it's Tottenham. Oh, the to- yeah. Um, was it a White Hart lead? Sorry, it's called. I can't. So, think uh, it's, it's one of them. But I remember watching the video. They got some rugby players in there, some English rugby players in to play rugby with them. And, you know, they, you were seeing them and they were, you know, they were kicking these balls, they were passing these balls. They were, they were decent at it, you know? So I think it is maybe integrating it into, cause I don't know what rugby's like in schools over there. I don't know if that's part of, you know, the school kind of sports curriculum, but in Wales, it is a huge part of like school sports. Yeah. I mean, every school got a rugby team, 100%. And um, even in primary school, I mean, you, there's different variations of rugby. So obviously it's a full contact sport, but in primary school, we'll play tag rugby, which is you'll have like a belt of uh, little tags and to, to tackle someone, you rip a tag off. So, you know, it's that kind of thing. But what I would say is um, with the popularity and the profile growing in America, I think this new rugby league will have a massive impact on that. Because, you know, obviously in, the, in this World Cup now, there's going to be a lot of players signed, I'm guessing, to these new American teams, which will just instantly boost the popula- popularity. And, and that's where it is, is the youth that will grow the support, the, the sport. So I, what, what I think what we're saying is that the reason why it's so strong in Wales is because we start on young and like they do in New Zealand. And I think that's the answer for America is get the academies um, get the scholarships going for rugby, and uh, I think you'll see a dramatic change. Because I, I feel like rugby can do so well in America. It's just about trying to get to that next level and kind of break the barrier from being a sport that's not really cared for to being something that people would want to watch. I, again, like I think you just said, just putting it out there, allowing the kids to get get exposed to it from a young age, I think is what sets it up to go to the next level. I mean, level. there's loads. Every Welshman is an expert on rugby. So all the Americans <laughs> got to do is just offer the hand and we'll bite it off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at all the look at all the Welsh coaches in this Rugby World Cup or involved in the coaching. Uh, Uruguay, uh, there's a Welshman there. Uh, sorry, Namibia, there, uh, Phil Davis. Uh, of course, uh, Russia is half of Wales involved in their setup. Um, Samoa as well, isn't there Samoa? No, not, yeah, Samoa is a Welsh... That's Probably, I wouldn't be surprised. Everywhere. Yeah, they're everywhere. We we like to go wherever we can. We're involved there. with the god sport. <laughs> <laughs> we call it we call it egg chasing over here as well. Now and again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think rugby is starting to definitely see a popularity growth in the United States. And I mean, I played it for the first time uh, last year in high school, and I had a blast playing it. I think it was a cool way to just see myself, or just to expose myself to a new perspective of a contact sport. And just seeing yeah. how you can't just pass the ball forward. You know, there's just, it's a different way. It's a different skill you have to have in rugby rather than just completely killing someone. You have to have a little bit of finesse as well as. <laughs> and sure, and I'm sure for the first timer, I mean, it definitely takes a season to get get into the rugby laws and and how to pass and, and how to tackle. Um, you use an, and where use to an put your head. 
Oh yeah. yeah. For tackling, I thought I, I picked it up pretty well because like um for football, I I mean football's much easier to tackle in the sense that you well, before the helmet rules and all that came in, you were able to pretty much tackle however you want. But like when I yeah. learned in rugby, like, you know, just go for the waist or go for the legs, I'm like, okay. And I just fo- I rather I focused more on defense because I knew I'd be more of a strength there rather than offense because passing it was tough and initially. Then um I started to get my hang of it a little bit. I was like, you know what? I'd focus on defense because I feel my strengths align more on the defensive side, especially because our, a lot of our kids on the team struggled to tackle because I think just none of them played football. They didn't have the experience of tackling. And I thought my experience in football playing for multiple years helped me at least understand, okay, you know, you can't hit them high, yeah. so make sure you just go low, always wrap the legs. Yes. Well, that's it. I mean, rugby with rugby being a, a, a sport for all shapes and sizes, so I was really short when I was playing rugby. And I was playing against some big boys. I was going for Cardiff trials, my district trials and, and stuff a few times. And these boys were massive. And I don't know where my puberty levels were at, but I was very short. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, these big boys were coming at me. And I was all right, because as long as I would stay squat, get low, and uh, you'd absolutely smash them. It don't matter how big they are. If you hit them in the right place and drive them back, and it can really lift the team when you see a short ass take on a big guy, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's it's just that I, momentum push. It's saying like, okay, we can do this too. It's not just, oh, this guy's just going to drive and truck over everybody. Yeah, it's all about a low center of gravity. And like a couple of the Welsh boys and, well, sorry, a couple of the rugby teams from all over the World Cup do things like judo and jiu-jitsu to help train where to put their feet, how to clear out of the ruck. Um, yeah, and and we're seeing some wicked, uh, especially from Russia. I mean, you have a look at how Russia clear up rucks. It looks like they do it differently from everyone else. It's because they don't get into position, the Russians. They kind of go for, they clear up the ruck as priority. Um, and whatever position they're in, they'll find a way. And they'll twist and do like a crocodile twist out the ruck. All kinds of things going on. Judo throws is, is really intense. Look at that brilliant flanker, didn't he? Uh, it was in um, the MMA you know, guy. I, yeah, he he played he played a great game in the first game. He's one that he's one that broke his nose a couple of weeks before. <laughs> and he was, oh yeah. And he was like, no, I'm gonna cut. I think he was either. I think it was Gadziev. Yeah, I think it's Gadziev. You know, and I think there's teams like I think there's a lot of teams from like France, maybe. So I think it's just things like that. It is. I think this. I think the World Cup's a good time. Players from all around the world to really get noticed. I think another big thing for the US might be the think I read the day that they were looking at potentially putting a bid in for the 2027 World Cup. And I, I think if that happens, I think you, you would definitely see a yeah. momentum shift towards rugby for sure. That would be huge. Because obviously the US, you're a big sport. You like you love your sports in the US. So I think it's just like just another chance for another big sport to kind of just make its way over and it's another sport. Yeah, I just think you know, seeing all the, I think when you see like the national pride for all those like the rugby teams, like for you guys, like for Wales, um, England, New Zealand, I think you would, I think the fans would see like, man, these people really care about rugby. Let's go check in and see what's yeah. going on with them. And I think it's just that domino effect. It's like, man, this sport's pretty cool. But but that's it. It's the fans that make rugby also. And the rugby fans are the best fans in the world. And we will have a crack and get to know people. And, uh, you know, there's no kind of, Hooliganism, uh, Reefs was saying earlier, is a hooligan sport played by gentlemen, and that is absolutely true. After the game, there's good sportsmanship. Um, you know, there's better luck next time. Um, so remember, bit I, of banter. I, I remember this year, and I was I was out watching a Wales England game, and I was sat next to an Englishman mouthing off, talking to you, you know, 
And I'm, I'm a very passionate Welsh fan. I was getting a bit wound up words of this guy now. And then as soon as the, as soon as the full-time whistle went, we stood up, shook each other's hands, and we were like, started laughing. And I think it's one of those yeah. spots where you just, obviously you've got the one odd one or two can't let it go. But Yeah, and they're mostly the overall, English people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I did it. I did it. They are yeah, the exception. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's, I think it's, it's a brilliant sport. You know, I think, and I think it is growing, which is brilliant because I would gladly watch rugby every day of the year. If there was some sort of rugby to watch, the other 65 days of the year, I would do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if I could do a podcast as well, get paid for it, I'd do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's not many things I would wake up at clock, I would wake up at five o'clock, and I would never be any day. Yeah. Yeah. And I say that's the only problem with the World Cup right now. Like the first, like some of these games are played at one fifteen in the morning. I'm like, I don't feel like waking up. I don't feel like waking up that early. Yeah. So I'm trying to. That's, keep... yeah. that's why I loved it when it was in England and Wales last year. It was just like I can go out at oh, seven yeah. o'clock. Prime time. I can go at seven o'clock. Have your sausage and mash, cup of tea. Yeah, I remember when it was in <laughs> South Africa. I was still in school when the South Africa World Cup was on. I'd be waking up at like six in the morning to watch a game. I'd be getting ready for school. <laughs> I'd just be knocking in school. I'm so tired. <laughs> I was like, World Cup's on. You know, we got bigger things to worry about in school. That's what I'm saying. Like the like the the latest game is played at 6:45 in the morning, and that's like I wake up around like 7:38, so I'm like I'm catching the back half of the game, and it's like, dang, I want to I want to see yeah. the game, especially Australia and Wales. I want to make sure I see that game because I want to make sure I good I see a good game of rugby before the World Cup's over. If I don't I'm not able to see a good game. I have a day off well, that I... day, so I might find my way to any pub that's open. <laughs> I'll see you there, Reese, mate. I'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think we're well, gonna... I don't know what time kickoff is for that one, but I think I think Japan have kind of eight forty-five. They've kind of, I think they've kind of favoured Wales a bit. Uh, Japan, we've got a bit of an affinity, Japan and Wales, um, with rugby. The, the, uh, obviously, we got a dragon on our flag. Um, you know, daffodils. There's all kind of things. And uh, when Japan went touring uh, back in the seventies, the first place they toured was Wales, and they had a cracking time. But um, I, they've given us the best stadium and the best times, so I don't know whether last. Yeah, uh... I mean, they had that open training, didn't they? And like fifteen thousand Japanese turned up. Yeah. There's a video of them all singing the national anthem, singing Kanon Lan. Either it's like it's such a random thing that just this yeah. country on the other side of the world look at our little tiny nation. They they're great. Let's get behind them. I think just like huh. the amount of Japanese fans are just there at random games. Just to enjoy. Because that one, there's that one bloke who I love who just paints he... the rugby shirt on himself. <laughs> I think it's yeah, crazy, he's brilliant. I think it's the craziest thing that he wakes up and paints the rugby shirt on himself. I tell you know, what, he does a good game. job as well. But how he does, does he do yeah. the bit at the back? That's my question. <laughs> <laughs> So guys, but, uh, before before we wrap up, uh, you guys can plug in your social medias. You guys are more than welcome to, to right now. Yeah, so, um, yeah, follow me or check me out. I'm doing Rugby World Cup updates and little videos and that kind of thing. Uh, Dom Welsh actor, so that's me. Yeah, you can check me out at uh, Reese underscore Thewelyn. It's a bit tough. It's double L-E-W. <laughs> double L-E-W-E-L-Y-N. I tweet a lot about rugby. I tweet a lot about wrestling. I love wrestling. And I tweet a lot about random stuff. So my Twitter is something for everyone, I think. Yeah. So if you're into rugby, I definitely recommend following these two because, again, that's actually kind of how I got into contact with Dom specifically because I just uh, you followed me on, or you followed the podcast on Twitter. I'm like, oh, okay, let's see what this guy's up to. Then you were doing a World Cup preview. I'm like, huh, this guy wants to talk about rugby. And then I I comment on your video. Then here we are, you know, a week, a week later. And... Exactly. 
But that's the wonderful thing about the World Cup. It brings people together and from all over the globe. And I've been chatting to Japanese fans, Uruguay fans today. It's been fantastic. And uh, just so I wasn't clear, it's at Dom Welsh Actor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's going to conclude the... Uh, You've got to be shameless in this game. Unfortunately. (laughs) All right, so that's going to conclude the 35th episode of Sports Avenue. I've had Dom and Rich to join me on this awesome podcast. Guys, I want to thank you for joining it. It's been a blast talking to you guys about rugby, and I definitely hope to bring you guys back and more fans, players, as we come down this line. So thank you again. I really appreciate it. No worries at all. It's been a pleasure. All right, so that concludes the 35th episode of Sports Avenue. Stay tuned on social media. I'll plug that all in below. Follow these guys on Twitter. You can get all good content, rugby, wrestling, random stuff. So, guys, I'll see you next week on the 36th episode of Sports Avenue. Have a great day, everyone, and enjoy your week, and go rugby.